Hello and welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. This podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. And we thank you for joining us for an episode where we will be talking about resources that have been a blessing to us and hopefully will be a blessing to you, too. And maybe even before we we get started, we have a few housekeeping items to make you aware of. Um, Firstly, we're just realizing we're on episode 118, and so <laughs> that has uh, been a great blessing to us, and, and we hope that it continues to be a blessing to, to you as listeners. Our listenership has actually gone up quite a bit over the past two months, really, and um, w- that's exciting to us, but uh, it's, it's all due to, to listeners like you and uh, for spreading the word among what I would guess is particularly Christian Reformed people or, or people in... Um, the the broader church who have an interest in um, just getting some some solid roots uh, mm-hmm. planted in God's word and in church history in in reformed thinking and so that that's kind of our goal it's the goal that um, that you're reminded of during the intro that has just played that you've listened to and or maybe even skipped through uh, if we want to be <laughs> honest um, and uh, we we hope to continue presenting the what is it? The the vibrant, historically informed face of Reformed theology, um, not just in our church, Almond Valley CRC, but but wherever you are too. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. It really yeah. could not have happened without you. Uh, it's really incredible to me that that people actually tune in and yeah. listen to us talk. Uh, <laughs> I I always tell people I would do this if nobody listens to it because it has been such a fun project for Mark and I mm-hmm. to do. It has helped us to grow our friendship mm-hmm. and to help one another and to strengthen and sharpen one another's thinking and to be able to put our thoughts on paper and then to put them sort of on the air, as it were, uh, mm-hmm. has been good for for us in different ways. I think just having to stand behind something, take mm-hmm. a position, take a stand, and put mm-hmm. our, our thoughts out there. Uh, and that's that's been a lot of fun. And so, as Mark mentioned, and as you can see with the title of the podcast today, uh, we're going to be talking about different resources that we would suggest as pastors that... Uh, pretty much every Christian could get a hold of and have on their bookshelf. Uh, I remember years ago when I was in college starting my sort of theological journey, I had before that point in my life never really cared too much for theology uh, or for deeply understanding the Word of God. But I had a revolution over the course of my college years really wanting to grow. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. that was because I was confronted with you know, I was going to a, pu- a public college, public school. Uh, it was not a Christian university. And so I was really met with different ways of viewing the world, understanding things, approaching uh, life in general. And so it was in those years I really began to hunker down and to see the value of theology, uh, to see the value of, of my Christian faith in a way that I hadn't seen it before. And so I began just sort of... Uh, 
hodgepodging my own library <laughs> together, you could say. Uh, not really knowing, not really having any guidance, just kind of picking up cues that I would hear from uh, other Christians or from blogs or or things like that that I would come across. And I, I wish back in those days I would have had a helpful guide, uh, a person that I respected, tell me about which what kind of books I should get to build my library to sort of uh, create a good foundation. And so the way that I'm sort of thinking about this episode, and maybe Mark, you have a different uh, different perspective, but I'm thinking of this episode as uh, building your personal library mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. of resources. So we'll look mainly at books, at least I will, uh, but we'll also mention sermons and podcasts uh, and other things like that for you to to uh, begin to to build. Uh, and so... Yeah, yeah we can be... Uh, even as you mentioned that, I, I think that that's one of the reasons Jesus says, rejoice in persecution... Um, rejoice when people falsely say all kinds of things against you because that's how they treated the prophets. And hmm. and one of the reasons that we can find to rejoice because of opposition is that we're going to know our own faith more fully when we're tested and when we're challenged, like your college experience yeah. was. Or like like is happening with the human sexuality debate right now, we can thank God for it because yeah. um, I, I could say in my upbringing— I, um, in the Christian Reformed Church, there was not a lot of clear teaching on hmm. human sexuality and what marriage is and, and so forth, and um, wasn't bad teaching per se, but because of this big debate, I've gotten a lot more serious in what, what I believe marriage is and, hmm. and the nature of, of marriage to be and the purpose of it, yeah. um, and, and it's really helped me in formal, forming my own views on it, but also in teaching um, for example, during premarital counseling, like um, hmm. uh, going into that with a lot more knowledge, and and I thank God for um, using this crucible to uh, to teach uh, to teach us. And of hmm. course, we're sad that that sin is being promoted and, and defended, um, even within the Christian Reformed Church. But at the same time, we can be thankful that it's refining our view. And and so that happens. Yeah. That's Good going point. to happen. Uh, Thinking of my own children growing up in California, you know, it, it's it, they're going to be confronted with various ideas and and yeah. in their workplace and their college years, and um, instead of being afraid of that, uh, we want to use these resources not not so much to like go into battle against the heathen world. That's not really the intention here, but but to stand <laughs> strong on God's word and on the shoulders of really good thinkers, and so. Um, what, what are what are some of the first that come to mind for you, Zach, and your, your suggestions? Yeah, so the very first thing that I think every Christian should have, and maybe this is sort of something we could have just assumed <laughs> that that any listener already has, but I would I would say it's it's worth mentioning is a good study Bible. For me, this was revolutionary in my Christian development. Uh, up to my college years, I'd always had those like teen Bibles that had. Uh, very colorful pages hmm, and yeah. <laughs> little uh, side comments here and there, little did you know sections with like a little magnifying glass or mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm thankful that my parents always got me Bibles at every stage of my life. They really cared to have Bibles on my shelf so that I could read them and understand them. Uh, I had never really heard of a study Bible. Uh, maybe I was just missing something, but 
in those college years, I happened to come across the ESV study Bible, and it's still something that I highly recommend. It's it, of the many study Bibles I've seen, and I've not seen all of them, but it's the best one that I've come across. Uh, it has the most thorough commentary. So if you don't know what a study Bible is, it's essentially a, a Bible, but it has commentary, uh, notes from faithful scholars that run uh, at the bottom of the page, giving mm-hmm. commentary and insight into what the, the passage that you're reading above is saying. And so it's a great resource. It has lots of every single book of the Bible. There's going to be a long introduction. So it'll tell you who wrote it, what was the context, the background, what are some of the major themes, what is the structure of the book, uh, where does it take place geographically. Mm. Uh, it'll go through all of those different things. Uh, as you're reading, it'll have those those notes, of course, but it will have more maps if it's a part of the Bible where there's going to be uh, different geographical locations mentioned. If you're reading through the, the book of Acts, for example, uh, you may come across those maps where you're, you're going to see Paul's first, second, and third missionary journeys and so on. And so that, for me, was really, really helpful. Uh, I began to really understand Scripture because I was having those those commentary notes to help me understand things that sometimes I'd get tripped up on and I wouldn't uh, quite get it, but the, the commentary notes were really helpful. And so... I would highly recommend the, the ESV study Bible or the Reformation study Bible. That the, One of those two would probably be the first thing I would start with in building a personal library. Yeah, one of the things to remember when selecting a study Bible is what you really want is information more so than commentary or hmm. interpretation in those study notes. And so That's a, good point. Um, a really good study Bible, for example, will give a preface to... Ephesians on why Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians and um, might might draw attention to some of the, the main verses or the main themes that will come up a lot through that book of the Bible. Um, that is a little bit of interpretation happening there, but hopefully it's more on the side of information than interpretation. Hmm. Um, like I know that uh, one of the popular ones in the early 2000s was called the Life Application Study Bible. And um, that that had some some good prefaces, some really good stuff in there on like a character snapshot. So it mentions yeah. Samson, and and then it'll just give like the the overall picture of Samson's life in a few paragraphs. That can be really helpful. But I know that in the Life Application Study Bible, there can be a lot of interpretation of like hmm. um, you know a law is given, and then instead of just explaining why would God God, God would give. Israel ceremonial or purification laws, there can be kind of an attempt to apply that in often some kind of superficial or trite ways. Hmm. And so to be a little bit careful of that in a study Bible, you want information, maps, um, why was a book of the Bible written, um, explaining the cultural context, you know, Hmm. the old classic is um, the parable of the prodigal son, a father would not have run in that culture. And so the, the, the mention that the father is running to the son is a very big deal, a bigger deal than the modern reader would realize. That yeah. kind of stuff is, is really helpful. And that's yeah, that background not as in much interpretation as just, just good information. So, yeah. um, hey, yeah, a Bible, first of all, and then secondly, <laughs> a, a study Bible. Of course, we want to start with the scriptures and um, just you're going to grow from reading God's word. 
Uh, hmm. I'm, I am always, even as a pastor who studies it all the time, I'm just finding new things all the time. Yeah. Right now our family's reading through Isaiah, and it is totally amazing um, hmm. how true it is, how practical it is, um, even the, the long woe sections, just how, how clearly our culture is described in hmm. Isaiah's prophecy to Judah um, 2,600 years ago. So, um, yeah, I, I would certainly confirm that. It, uh, when, I, when I came up with my list, I, I came up with some books that have been a real blessing to me, and um, I usually lean a little bit more in the, um, the direction. The book that I read most often is probably The Reformed Dogmatics, the four-volume collection by Herman Bovink, but recognizing that the, the set is quite expensive and most people are probably not going to go buy all four volumes. Um, even just starting with volume three, which is Christ and mm. Christ, I think it's Sin, Christ, and Salvation, or something like that, that it's called. Um, that that sin, volume. Salvation, sin and Salvation, Salvation in Christ. Right. You and can so see it on my shelf here. If, if somebody was going to start there, I, th- I think that, that that volume is probably going to have the most practical theology in it. Yeah. Um, the Prolegomena, he talks about scripture and how we can trust the Bible, the sufficiency of scripture, very, very helpful, of course. Um, that's a little bit more on the philosophical, technical side, yeah. um, whereas sin and salvation in Christ is uh, is going to be, um, I, th- I think it's categorized in, in two large sections, the humiliation of Christ and the exaltation of Christ. And so... Um, very encouraging, wonderful writing from Herman Bovink. But if you're not going to go buy a giant hard hardcover <laughs> um, uh, philo- or, um, theology book, he wrote a smaller book called The Sacrifice of Praise, which is about what it means to confess our faith in Christ. It's probably about 140 pages, and um, uh, people can get it, I believe, at the Westminster Bookstore uh, website. WTSbooks.com, I think. So The Sacrifice of Praise is what it's called, and there's Mm. a chapter, very short chapter in it, on how to raise children to profess their Mm. faith and um, how to weekly think about communion as a profession of faith and so forth. So um, very, very helpful. Again, as we could expect from Herman Bovink, very thoughtful and rooted and and yet very powerful. Um, There's a way of writing that I often find in devotionals that's that's almost suggestive. It's sort of like, well, here's an idea that I had about the Bible and um, throwing it out there for your consideration. Um, Herman mm-hmm. Bovink writes with an authority that, that I find um, mm-hmm. is, is very humble and yet is also uh, very biblical. And so it, it's an authority that, that's a resounding voice. Um, and so I, that's part of the reason I, I appreciate reading from him and maybe something for listeners to look for in the reading that they're doing is, is this person an authority? Um, and is the authority in the Word of God that they they point to constantly? Um, we'll find that in some of the other re- resources that we suggest, but that is not always the case when somebody is reading a devotional. Um, often the authority is the feelings or just the person themselves because of the great ideas they have rather than the Bible. Yeah. That's a great point. And I, I like the choice of Herman Bovink, of course, the, sort of the namesake of our podcast yep. uh, with Reformed Dogmatics. Uh, I put a similar book by Bovink that I only have a digital copy of, but mm. it's called The Wonderful Works of God. 
Uh, also, it's published by Westminster Theological Books um, or Theological Seminary Books. And so you can find that at that website that I've just mentioned, wtsbooks.com. Uh, the Wonderful Works of God is a sort of, uh, you could say a midway point between uh, between Reformed Dogmatics, which is four large volumes, mm-hmm. and The Sacrifice of Praise, which is much smaller uh Mark, you have a physical yep. copy of it. It's probably what? 500 pages. 500 pages. Yeah, so it's yeah. still quite large. But I think having a, a good study Bible, having a good systematic theology book uh, is a good place to start and building building your good, your your strong library here. So that's a good one from Bavink. One that's a little bit more uh, readable and largely because it's more modern. It's written uh, within the last decade or so as God is Love by a... Uh, Reformed Anglican evangelical theologian named Gerald Bray. Uh, God is Love is a very, very readable uh, systematic theology. It's one that when I was tasked with uh, building our church's library here mm. at Ammon Valley, I I chose to use because it's something that the average layperson could easily pick up and read mm-hmm. without having to work with the technical language uh, that some systematic theologies go with. So that is one I think any listener would be able to pick up and benefit from right away. And he's got lots of really interesting chapters that don't normally get brought up in a systematic theology. Uh, his His mind is a bit different. He's kind of an eclectic <laughs> thinker, and I, I appreciate that uh, because he'll have chapters on uh, Quakerism and Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism mm. uh, and world religions, and you don't see a whole lot of that in most uh, modern systematic theologies. But he does t- talk about the the classic points of doctrine as well and gives a really good overview of each of them. But the way he writes is it's it doesn't sound very technical. It sounds more like a wise sage mm-hmm. is uh, just explaining to, to it to you simply and as a friend. Uh, so you feel like you're almost just listening to somebody uh, chatting by the fireside about something. And I really like his approach, and I think it's very beneficial. Uh, another thing I might add, in, in addition to a systematic theology, and maybe this shows my bent, I would go the route of getting some sort of introduction to church history. Uh, so you can have that sort of basis in your Christian framework as you as you think about the Christian faith, uh, having an understanding of how the Christian faith has looked historically, I think is really helpful. So depending on your your reading level and and how interested you are, I might start with a book that I was recommended in seminary. It was one of my uh, books that I had to buy for my church history courses. It was, it's called Church History in Plain Language by Bruce Shelley. Mm-hmm. And this is, as the name implies, a very plain language book. It's very simple, but it's and it tells stories more than it tell, tells about the development of doctrine. Uh, it doesn't get very technical. It's very easy to read, but it gives you, from beginning to end, a pretty solid overview of church history. Uh, and for for that reason, I think it's a great place to look. Other books worth a mention here would be Sinclair Ferguson's In the Year of Our Lord, which goes century by century. There's 20 chapters, and so one for each t- century up to the 20th century. Or Gerald Bray, again, his book, God Has Spoken, which is a much more technical, long, serious look at church history, hmm. uh, but worth checking out if you're if you're wanting to dive deep into 
various moments of the of the church's history. If you want to look at patristics, for example, it's a good place to start, but also the Reformation. Yeah, well, and um, I like that that we went there or that you went there in your list because I think that when somebody thinks about reading a book that will help their faith grow, they generally just think of devotionals. Yeah, and so and we could have we could recommend some yeah. devotionals. <laughs> um, I think the best devotional and one that I know is very popular is New Morning Mercies by Paul mm. Tripp, and um, just very yeah. solid, very relatable, very helpful, but also reformed mm-hmm. in perspective. Um, again, that's um, New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp. I, Good recommendation. Yeah. yeah, I know several people in church who have really been blessed by it and, mm. and really enjoy... It's one page per yep, day. Exactly. So it's fairly straightforward. Um, but, but going beyond devotionals, I think that, for me, I love biography, church history, yeah. learning what has, has happened in the lives of the saints. Um, th- there's a book called 131... Christians everyone should know. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and not all the people in it are actually even Christians uh, because <laughs> I, it includes Harry Emerson Fosdick and so forth. But yeah. um, um, but that that's a really good intro. It's four or five pages on Handel and then mm-hmm. four or five pages on Blaise Pascal. Or, um, yeah. Really interesting, not just pastors. It has, it, has them from all different traditions, yeah, periods exactly. of church history. Yeah, and it gives you a snapshot of like who this person was, what their personality was like, and what they contributed to church yeah. history. Um, and so I, I appreciate those kinds of things. That's almost a little bit more devotional, where you could read about the life of Martin Luther for four or five pages and just mm. be like, wow, he went through so much to uh, translate the Bible, to reform mm-hmm. the church, to, to do the work of Christ in the world. And to me, that's very devotional. A little bit, maybe this is just me, but I actually find that to be a little bit more encouraging than just the direct hmm. trust in God and and put your hope in Him, and, and that those are good commands to <laughs> to hear, of course, and that's the message of the Scriptures. But I like seeing how that has actually gone in people's lives, and so that's where church history. Yeah, that is can a really, really good helpful. little book that you you turned me on to. Yeah, uh, it's 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 ago. really good for preachers because it just gives you a sense for yeah there's a lot of um, material yeah like who who somebody was and and how they contributed to not just the church but in a lot of cases like Handel I know it has a chapter on on him how mm. he contributed to the development of music especially christian music yeah. so um obviously i've got to put my plug in for the pilgrim's progress that that's <laughs> something that that um that i'm encouraging people to to read and and study uh, we're reading it, reading through the Little Pilgrim's Progress by Helen Taylor. It's like her her um, paraphrase of Bunyan's work. It's it's very still very British, and so there's there's different Britishisms like mm. what people find in the Narnia books. Mm. Um, but it's really helpful, and every time we finish it, my kids want me to read another chapter. Um, and so that's Little Pilgrim's Progress, or I recommend The Pilgrim's Progress in today's English. Um, is is kind of an, another paraphrase because it was written in the 1600s and and has some some Elizabethan prose that that some people might struggle yeah, their with. Their English was very um, different from ours. Extremely long sentences in some cases with various scripture <laughs> references and and so um, the Pilgrim's Progress uh, it requires a little thought. That's that's part of the reason that I like it. Is is why is this character named Discretion? 
why is that character named Passion or Mr. Worldly Wise? And and so even just connecting that name of the character to the person um, and what they're doing and what they're saying to me is is really kind of a fun intellectual exercise. And mm-hmm. and obviously there are the spiritual lessons that are that are gained from it just by reading. So um, the Pilgrim's Progress is is one that. Uh, I'm going to take with me uh, throughout the summer and just keep going back to. Yeah, there's a lot of books in this regard that I that came to mind. I, I was thinking about getting a Christian classic on your shelf, at least mm-hmm. one, maybe mm-hmm. several. Uh, that that could be one, The Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, Mere Christianity came yeah. to mind yeah. for me. I have several listed here. Another one that more recently I've used actually for our youth group, for the high school group, uh, was God's Big Picture by Vaughn Roberts. Now, this isn't exactly a Christian classic in the sense that everybody knows about it. Uh, it's not a very well-known book, but I think it's a very, very good book. Uh, it's a book that goes through the whole story of Scripture. It's fairly small. I think it's less than 200 pages. Uh, but it walks through the, the the story of Scripture. It gives eight different sections, uh, which... Maybe that's a little arbitrary. I don't think the Bible gives us those eight sections, but uh, hmm. he helps helps you read the the scope of Scripture and, and understand the uh, how the story flows from beginning to end. And so, for that reason, for somebody who's trying to just get a basic grip on Scripture and how it fits together as one uh, story, it's more than a story. I realize that, uh, but if you want to sort of get the whole sweep and scope of it, that is a great book. To, to use uh, for your own benefit. Yeah, and um, so th- that's kind of the reading side of things. And some people are readers, yeah. other people are <laughs> listeners. And so um, if we want to uh, su- suggest some some podcasts, I, I do obviously a lot of reading for my sermon preparation, but mm-hmm. there are times even in sermon preparation where I say, I think I just want to get the sense for how this has been preached. And so I want to listen to mm-hmm. a preacher or listen to a podcast with that mm-hmm. might address the topic that I'm addressing. And so what would you say for podcasts? What do you, what are your go-tos? Yeah. A few I've mentioned here before on this show are mere fidelity, M E R E mere, mm-hmm. like, like mere Christianity, mere fidelity. Uh, it's a good, good show with a couple of, or three or four hosts, depending on the episode, uh, who discuss various things. Uh, it's, I, I love it. I listen to basically every episode, Another good one would be White Horse Inn, which is the podcast of Michael Horton, uh, but it's him and other uh, Protestant leaders. So there's usually a Baptist, a Lutheran, and an Anglican, and it's what's fun to hear them discuss things from their various perspectives. It's a very friendly show. It's not so much polemical or debate. It's They are all working from different standpoints, but mm-hmm. they see things very similar. So there's a lot of good com- camaraderie and you can learn about the different traditions. Uh, another one I haven't mentioned, it's not really one in particular, but it would be Ligonier's podcast. Ligonier Ministries is a sort of a gold standard of sorts for somebody who's who's beginning to grow th- theologically from a Reformed perspective. And they have a lot, uh, but the ones I listen to and enjoy the most are three really short ones. Each episode is about five or six minutes. Mm, nice. And one is called Simply Put, where they dis- define a doctrine in about five or six minutes, so or a, a certain teaching. So I just was checking it right now. The, the latest episode is on deism. 
Mm. So yeah. five or six minutes on deism. What is deism? Uh, or they'll have one on justification or sola scriptura. And you can learn sort of those those big ideas. Uh, another one is five minutes in church history, which is, as the name says, five mm-hmm. minutes. And so each episode is a short episode on somebody's life or an era or how a doctrine was defined uh, and, and hammered out, uh, like the Trinity. And then another one is Ask Ligonier, which is uh, questions that people have. I'm sure many of us have had some of the same questions. Usually it's apologetic sort of questions or uh, how do we know uh, the books of the Bible are the right books, things like mm-hmm. that. And they'll, mm-hmm. ha- they'll have somebody give a, a short but thoughtful reflection on that. And so, yeah, I really, really appreciate those. Yeah, and along the Ask Ligonier lines, I know Desiring God also puts out Ask Pastor John. Yep. And I usually Similar, have yeah. seen the YouTube videos, but I would guess there's also a podcast for Ask Pastor John, too. Yeah, I um, believe there is. And and those are really good. Um, you know, a really uh, an excellent one that I once saw was, how does a Christian consumer function in a world where mm. so many corporations are 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 putting rainbows on on everything and and so to support mm. say Chase Bank which is our bank or um Burger King or Target um how does a Christian respond to to a lot of those aggressive That's a good question now I'm curious yeah um <laughs> and well well uh, he basically answers it by saying if if the product itself is is connected to an ideology that is unbiblical, then obviously we wouldn't want to purchase that product. Um, but we also live in an economy where to be calculating that all the time, you know, yeah. uh, what what has happened in this hotel that I'm going to stay in, and, yeah, and so it forth. Can't possibly, <laughs> you know, um, something we spend our time doing. Yeah, and, and so um, it, he. I know that the the month I think it was Pride Month um, when he had recorded that episode mm-hmm. and Burger King had released the the Rainbow Whopper the Pride <laughs> yeah, Whopper, yeah. and so basically John Piper went on to say a Christian can be discerning in how we use money and where we go and hmm. um, not that we have to be like vengeful or or, or like um, spiteful yeah. in in how we do that but at the same time it is good to support what what we love and. Um, to to bring your money from Burger King over to Chick-fil-A or something, right? Um, (laughs) um, We want to be careful, of course, in in doing too much of that. But Ask Pastor John, again, is very, very practical. Um, Often the questions that people sitting in the pew have that sometimes don't fit into sermons so well, kind of like what this podcast ends up doing, uh, what we try to do with it often. Um, Some of my favorite podcasts are Mortification of Spin. Uh, That's a pastor in Virginia and a professor in at Grove City College, Carl Truman, um, and and they they have uh, this would be more for the person who's just kind of dipping their toe into some theology, mm-hmm. and it's very accessible, I believe, but it is it's going to stretch people theologically. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going to be dry. It's always it's very conversational. They have a guest on almost every show. And Carl Truman can be very hilarious actually. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um their their senses of humor are pretty funny. Todd Pruitt is the pastor and he does a good job of very self-deprecating humor um and um and so Mortification of Spin is a good one. And one of my favorites is the Unbelievable podcast. And yeah, um a great one. So here, here's the practical reason for that. I, I've been involved in some some pretty intense conversations lately, and in order to pre- 
I wouldn't say I was trying to prepare for debates per se, but having just listened to Christians debating well with self-control, with patience, with gentleness, but also with strength and with faith, um, that's what happens on many unbelievable episodes. There are the examples where a Christian does not represent Christ all that well because they're just so squishy. And um, uh, there was an episode with Michael Gunger where the guy who was kind of arguing against Mm -hmm. Michael Gunger who has apostatized and and left his faith, I just kept saying, man, just stand for the faith and speak the truth to this guy. You know, um, that does happen on most episodes, but you can kind of start to see the difference of a good Christian response to a challenge and um, and the the response that we're often encouraged to have through cable news, which is sort of to try to win the culture war, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's that's often not the goal of the Christian in these debates. So unbelievable, maybe for those who haven't heard it before, is basically a debate format. And um, one of the best episodes that somebody would want to go look up is: Were colonial era missionaries good or bad for Africa? That's mm-hmm. a re- that's a really big question right now. Um, particularly because of critical race theory and, um, and, and how that is influencing missionary work. Um, some people might say, well, what connection do those have? Well, it's believed by, by many histor- historians that any effort to evangelize across cultures is necessarily imperialistic, colonialistic, patriarchal, and condescending to those other cultures. And so this has been a big question. Should we even send missionaries to Papua New Guinea or to areas in Africa that are um, still struggling, and not only economically, but but spiritually as well? Um, And to be honest, a lot of denominations have moved away from sending missionaries like that to areas in the world. And and this episode, Were Colonial Era Missionaries Good or Bad for Africa?, really sets a lot of those, um, or really answers a lot of those critiques. Um, and, and he does so even, for example, by saying, you know, a lot of those missionaries were the ones protecting the local people from exploitation of European mm-hmm. conquest. And um, this guy saw that a lot in, in his life where um, he's, his parents and grandparents were missionaries. And so he had a lot to say of, Missionaries are actually the ones bringing bringing light and life and and goodness to these places and guarding them against hmm. the exploitative, often capitalistic impulses of kind of those who want the missionaries to get out of the way because they just want this land that these people are on. So, hmm. um, really, really interesting episode. Another good recent one was on miracle healing, and and I really found that episode helpful because uh, there's a very skeptical person against miracles. But then there's a Christian man who is also a scientist who says, we can believe in miracles. We've documented that some have happened, and we've, we've seen through medical testing before and after hmm. snapshots, and, and it looks like God has done a miracle in, in one case for somebody who was blind and, and can now see. So um, really good stuff to build your faith and also to think about how would I respond well, patiently, gently, but also courageously when my faith is challenged. Yeah, absolutely. That is one of the main reasons I love that show is not so much the things I learn, which are great, Yeah. but how to have those kinds of conversations. Uh, the The host, Justin Bar- Briarly, has been 
doing this show for well over a decade now. Yeah, right. Uh, it was it, really a radio show in England is what it started out as, yeah, I believe. Yeah, and you know. now it's just this massive podcast that's well-known around the world. Uh, and he does a good job of getting people from the margins mm-hmm. on it. You, people aren't, aren't sort of mainstream Christian leaders. Uh, and so he, he has a good plethora of voices represented. Uh, and so I really appreciate that. And he's willing to talk with, with everyone, yeah. anyone and everyone. Uh, yeah, the nice thing about it is there are atheists who come on the show to represent their view. Mm-hmm. So instead of a Christian just thinking about what an atheist might say, yeah. There you have one. Those and are it, my favorite episodes. Right, and and there and this person is is going to represent their views instead of just a Christian thinking about what they might say or yeah, um, kind of building up a straw man. So it, it's good conversation. Yeah, definitely unbelievable yeah. podcast. By the way, again, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, any any as we start to close, any thoughts of? Well, um, I'm curious from from you. I'm looking here at the notes, Mark, and. It looks like you have an interesting podcast recommendation for First Timothy. Now, yeah. we're, we're going through First Timothy in our morning services. You've been taking us through it. Uh, I'm curious to hear more about this. Is it a sermon series podcast or yeah, is this, it something else? It's a really good one. Paul Washer, so very faithful minister, Heart Cry Ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Washer was a, a missionary in Peru for a while, and now he, I don't know exactly what I he does. He, he goes around speaking um, and... Uh, <laughs> But but it's not just like your speaker circuit type guy. I mean, um, yeah, I've, no. I've seen an example where where Paul Washer is speaking at a youth conference, and basically the first thing he does is says, "This worship is not God honoring. That that has just happened, and we need to repent." And hmm. um, it's it was just done for excitement's sake, and and we need to worship in spirit and in truth in this place. And so, like, not again, not your your typical conference speaker, but. Um, I'm preaching through First Timothy. Um, of course, um, Zach will have a, a part to play in, in the series as well. Um, and it's the podcast is just called First Timothy Meditations for Christ's Servants. Hmm. So this is particularly helpful for pastors. Um, each is is long. Um, he's talking to pastors at a conference, and it was just recorded. So if somebody's a more visual person, you can find this. Um, you can find all the material. I don't think it's on YouTube. I think it's on Heart Cry's website. Um, Meditations for Christ's Servants from First Timothy. And if you're more of a listener, there is a podcast I know, at least on Spotify. In in each case, he just really looks through First Timothy with a fine-tooth comb, goes verse by verse. Um, what are what are God's commands for women and how how they should think about Christ and how they should relate to husbands and children and the church? Um, what are God's commands, particularly for pastors, uh, for elders and deacons. Hmm. Um, that's I, I listen to this a lot as I as I go biking, and I find myself agreeing. I mean, I, I don't think there's been anything that he said yet that I have found to be unbiblical or unhelpful. So, um, really helpful one, and maybe to 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 give a bit of a shout out to across the uh, denomination, we want to suggest messy reformation for people that. Uh, It's a Christian Reformed Church pastor in Wisconsin named Jason Rice and uh, Willie Cranky, who is a uh, um, uh, just a church member in Minnesota of a church, and uh, they interview pastors in the CRC. So this is a really, really great way for um, 
you to get to know the landscape of the CRC. I would say yeah. if, if anybody were ever <laughs> in true. a church search, they would just go through Messy Reformation yeah. and find your next pastor among the, <laughs> uh, the, these, these guys because you, you do get a sense for how all these different ministers are approaching ministry. And I particularly commend to people the most recent episode where they talk with a, a missionary in Uganda, Anthony Seitzma, and it's a fantastic episode about being a Christian Reformed missionary while also kind of keeping his eye on Synod and on the goings-on of the CRC. Um, really good insights from the mission field on the Christian Reformed Church in that episode. Yeah, that is a great podcast. For me, it was, it's was it been very helpful just getting to know the mm-hmm. stories of other pastors. Yeah, uh, And as somebody who, again, as I've said many times on our show, not from the CRC historically, and so it's been cool just getting to feel like I'm knowing these other pastors who sometimes I've seen them interacting on on different uh, Facebook groups, whether that's the pastors page or others. Um, and both Zach and I have been on the show, and so uh, that's yeah, been that's a, a privilege for us to be asked to uh, to be interviewed there. Yeah, and so in some ways we are kind of adjacent to them. I had the privilege of of meeting them both, uh, Willie and Jason, at at Synod last year, and we had some good conversations. It was funny when we all realized, oh, we're from like those two CRC podcasts that uh, <laughs> yeah. people sort of in our circles listen to. Like it was kind of like a yeah. it was an interesting moment. I didn't know I was sitting across from them at the table. Uh, but I will say it's much bigger than ours. I believe their listenership oh, yeah, is, is quite larger. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so good for them. <laughs> yeah. We wish them well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there's a lot more that we could have put out on this episode. I'm just scrolling back through our notes here, Mark. And yeah. wow, there is, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're curious. So what, what does everybody else, what, what would you suggest? What would mm-hmm. you say? Uh, if you have any thoughts, feel free to uh, message us. And if you have any questions, feel free to message us on our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, unless there's anything else for you to, to yeah. add, Mark, I think that that is a wrap on this episode. We yeah. hope it's helpful as you begin to think through uh, maybe what could your next resource on that shelf be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how could you could you grow in the knowledge and admonition of the Lord? Uh, yeah, thank you guys for mm-hmm. listening. We should say again... Uh, there will be a sort of uh, hiatus over the next couple of weeks. I mm-hmm. will be traveling overseas. And so uh, mid to late March, be on the lookout for our next episode. But until then, grace and peace. All right, see ya.